Life Hacks, that's the new series we're doing. Next two weeks, part one tonight, part two next weekend. Wisdom that works, okay? This is gonna be a very, very, I believe, practical message, okay? I remember years ago, I was just telling somebody this in a conversation the other day. Many years ago, we had a gentleman in this church who was just brilliant to the point where I would just tell him in this conversation, he'd have conversations with me about quantum quirks and quirks, and I'm like, man, you, you just, I believe you. I don't try to explain to him. Very in- ridiculously intelligent, ridiculously just brilliant, uh, just one of these brainiacs. And so uh, I'll never forget, it was during midweek service, I'd done the teaching, whatever the message was, I couldn't tell you what it was. It was probably at least 22, 23 years ago. And uh, after the service, thank you, thanks, Jim. After the survey, he came up to me and said, Pastor, you really blessed me with this information tonight, but you didn't tell me how to use it. Did you catch that? He said, you gave me a lot of information, but you didn't tell me what to do with it. How do I apply it? And I just went. So, see, the Word of God, if it's not practical and if it can't be applied, it's just a bunch of noise. Because the Word of God is the wisdom of God. Amen? Amen. And it should be practical. We should be able to apply it in our lives immediately. And so that's what I like about this message that we're presenting this weekend. Okay? A life hack can be described as, uh, it's usually something very simple, a clever tip or a technique for accomplishing something familiar, a familiar task more easily or efficiently. Um, They can range from... uh, like a tip that I saw one time, to take your pineapple when you bring it home from the supermarket, uh, if it's not that ripe, and you know, you know how you can tell if a pineapple is really ripe and ready to eat, you, you're able to take that inner, those inner leaves on top. If they, if they pluck out real easy, then the pineapple's good. But to even make it better, a life hack for pineapples is turn the pineapple upside down for a day or so as it distributes the juiciness. Now you can say you go home and you learn something practical in the church tonight, okay? <laughs> Or another thing that I got, I should have really did this. Uh, another practical life, life hack was if you need uh, a light and, and, and you're in a dark room and there's, there's no lights, so you could take your cell phone, put it under a bottle of water, and it creates a much brighter lantern. Isn't that awesome? So we can go home now. So the life hacks we'll be looking at are things that we can put in place in our lives and make our lives better. And so... Obviously, if we're talking about wisdom, we're talking about the wisdom of God, what part of the Bible do you think we're going to be based in? Proverbs. Good. Was that all the Bible school students? (laughs) Proverbs. If you need wisdom, you go to Proverbs. If you need comfort, you go to Psalms. If you want to find out about what's happening in the future, you can go to some places in the the Old Testament and then go to the New Testament. If you want to find out about the life of Jesus, where are you going to go? The Gospels. You want to know how the church got started, where are you going to go? Book of Acts, man, we got awesome Bible students in this, school, in this church. Amen. 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 So, the book of Proverbs is full of comparisons showing us how various images illustrate the fundamental truths of life. So, um, what we're talking about this week can be a little sensitive. It can be, you're going to have to, you know, put your big boy pants on. Uh, you're going to have to um, gird yourself up a little bit because uh, it, can, it can get a little rocky. Because the topic that we're covering this weekend is a topic of pride. 
Mm. Go ahead, say it so you'll feel better about it. Just one, two, three. Ready? Pride. Pride. Of course, it doesn't apply to you because you're here tonight to learn how you can help your friends. Right? So what is pride? It could be defined as uh, or described as an I'm better than you mentality. Again, this is not for anybody in here. This is take your notes so you can go home tonight and call your friend up who suffers from this, okay? Uh, it's thinking that I've got this on my own. I don't need anything from God. It's that type of a, a, a belief system. And the book of Proverbs obviously has a ton to say about pride. Pride is very dangerous because it is a gateway to other sins, sins that hurt both other people and hurt ourselves. If someone was to ask me, and I kind of did this, you know, kind of an inventory, like, what, what, what could be one of the best examples of pride that I've experienced? Is, it took place, and this is, this is an incident that has stuck out in my mind for so many years. It took place the first couple of months that this church was in existence, okay? Um, by, but about two, the church started in September, September the 14th, 1997. By about November of that year, of 97, we were already seeing 80 to 100 people come to the services. And uh, Pastor Joya had, had, had uh, kind of stepped forward at that time. You know, he was going to another church in the area, and he said, I'll, I'll come and help you for a couple of weeks until you get some ushers and stuff like this. Now, a couple of weeks has been 24 years. Uh, and so, so this other person came up to me who was attending the church at the time, and he uh, was already in the ministry, he traveled overseas and, and things of this nature. And so this one particular Sunday morning, at that time we only had one service on Sunday morning. We weren't having, we were having prayer meetings during the week. And so that particular Sunday, for whatever reason, we were very short on ushers, okay? So this gentleman came up to me and said to me before the service, you know, just the two of us, uh, Pastor, I'm here to offer my services, whatever you need me for. And I said to him, that's awesome because we're really short on ushers this morning. Can you jump in and help us with the ushering? And I'll never forget this. He took a step back and just looked at me like, and I said, don't even say a word. I could see already that you consider this beneath you. And you know what? I'm not gonna tell you that I, was, I wasn't disappointed, I was, but I was more disappointed for this person's heart because they had missed an opportunity to serve they had missed an opportunity. And who knows what God might have done for that person that day if they just would have jumped in. But, you know, we didn't have the T-shirts then at that time. You know, people, you know back then in the olden days, they were still, we were still wearing sports jackets and ties and things of this nature. And, the, and he came to church dressed that way. Missed that opportunity. Why? Come on. Pride. It'll sneak up on you. Now, I have to believe that later on during the week, or maybe even that afternoon after we all went home from church, that the Holy Spirit had to be scratching away at him on the inside like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And so you and I need to be very much aware of pride and how insidious it is, how subtle it is, how it sneaks up on us so that we don't miss out on opportunities sometimes because God will give us a chance to come down on the ladder, you know? Either, either we're going to come down voluntarily or he'll knock the rungs out from underneath the ladder. Why? Because pride is extremely destructive. 
extremely destructive. I can see you guys know it all already, so you, you know, you're not giving me any amens or any uh, grunts or twitch or anything. So, Father, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that every single one of us that's in this room, anybody who'll be watching this or, or, or listening to it in the future, Father, I pray that we would all let that guard down. That we would voluntarily, Father, and as an act of faith, they will just be transparent with you tonight, Father. Speak to us. Open up our hearts, God. Deposit within us that which we need to neutralize this disruptive force that tries to overtake us on a regular basis, Father. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. You know, pride, pride is, is an amazing, tricky thing. Because most of the time we react like knee-jerk because of pride, and we find ourselves in trouble. I came across this funny, funny story about this, uh, this very clever door-to-door window salesman. How many have seen them in your neighborhood? You know, we're in there, hey, hey, we're down the street, we're doing windows at so-and-so's house, and of course, you're gonna get a postcard on every one of the doorsteps. So this guy was smart. He, he understood human nature, and he closed hundreds of sales with this line. He would go into a house and say to the person, let me show you something several of your neighbors said you can't afford. Did you catch that? Let me show you something that your neighbors said you can't afford. Well, what do you think's going to happen? Well, what do you mean I can't afford? Sign me up right now. In fact, I want two for each window. How do we get ourselves in trouble? Through pride. But on the spiritual side of things, we need to uh, really study what pride can do in our lives. Because, you know, we hear about God. We, we know he has a calling on our lives he knows, we know that there's a path that he set before us to live a certain way. We hear all the time about how we need to submit our lives to him, give him everything, surrender to him. But we think we can keep it going the way it is, doing what we want instead of submitting ourselves to him. So it's our pride that gets in the way of truly knowing God and the life that he has to offer us. And the life that he has to offer us. Pride can present obstacles in our life. And the devil doesn't have to do a thing. You know, when, when, when a person's walking in pride, the devil sits back and can really can go on vacation. He doesn't have to do much in our lives because pride will do it for us. He doesn't have to take us down because pride will take us down. Amen? Amen. Is this too real tonight? No. Okay. So, our hearts know that he's got something better for us but our pride tells us to keep doing what we're doing. And too many times we see the destruction in people's lives because of their pride. You know, pride is like a sickness that everybody else can see on an individual except the one who's being afflicted. And it's a dangerous thing. Why is pride so self-destructive? We're going to look at some verses. We're going to talk about why pride is looked down upon in the scripture. Why does God, why does the Holy Spirit, who's the author of the scriptures, why does he spend so much time on pride? Well, I think it's tied to, to uh, Lucifer's experience in heaven. You know, pride rose up in him, and he said, I'll be just like God. I'll be just like the Most High. And, you know, we all know the story of what happened with him. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. I'm reading to you from the New International Version. 
When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But look at this. But with humility comes what? Wisdom. Come on, say it loud. With humility comes what? Wisdom. Now, wisdom, wisdom is, when, when God gives us wisdom, it's an expression of his grace. Okay, you can always, compa- you can always connect wisdom with grace. Wisdom with grace. Why? Because it's the grace of God that he pours out in us, the wisdom that we need to accomplish a certain thing. But watch this now. When, when pride comes, then comes what? You said it like you, like, like you really don't want it. Okay, when pride comes, then comes what? Disgrace. None of us want disgrace in our lives. Now, if we walk in humility, and sometimes we're going to see later on in, 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 our, in our message tonight, that sometimes humility, sometimes we have to put it on. We have to actively pursue walking in humility because humility brings grace. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? The humble. So we can say, we see, we see that, that that scripture is definitely connected with this scripture in Proverbs. But with humility comes wisdom. Wisdom for what? Wisdom for relationships. Wisdom in business. Wisdom in how to be a husband, a wife, a mother, a father. Uh, wisdom, how to just conduct life on earth. We want to walk in wisdom. That's why it's so important for us to, to delve into Proverbs, make it something on a regular basis, not just because we're doing this series for the next two weeks, but we're doing it in order to gain what? Wisdom. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Why is it so destructive? It's because people mix up pride and self-esteem. Self-esteem is not a bad thing. God doesn't go around knocking us down. If anything, God builds us up. Amen? God builds us up. God wants us to walk in all that he's, that Jesus died on the cross to purchase for us. He wants us to walk in the abundant life. He wants us to walk in wisdom. He wants you to walk in prosperity and success. Okay? We're talking about, again, when we're talking about prosperity, don't degrade it to just money. There are plenty of people. We all know people that are very wealthy who do not prosper. Well, they got big bank accounts. Big bank accounts do not equate with good people. Big bank account. Anybody could have a big bank account. If you never spent a dime in your life, don't, don't look at anybody in here. If you never spent a dime in your life and you put everything, of course you're going to have a bank account, but you're the stingiest person. You're not prospering. You're not pro- Prosperity is when you have whatever it takes to meet somebody else's need. Whether that, is, whether that is money, whether it is cash, or whether it is time, patience, love, wisdom, direction, encouragement, whatever it takes to build somebody else up. When you're operating in those things, you might not have a dime, but you're, if you're operating in those things of encouraging, building people up, affirming individuals, making them feel like they're worth something, adding value to a person's life. Guess what? You are prospering. Amen? Amen? Say, Lord, make me prosper even more. Amen. So, the trouble is, our relationships suffer. Our relationships with other people crumble because pride tells us to keep to ourselves first. Our relationship with Jesus is broken because we care more about our reputation and what we look like to other people around us rather than listening to him and doing what it says. Every time, 
and I'm saying this before God, every time, whether it's during worship or in the middle of preaching a message or no matter what's going on, and I feel like the Lord's showing me, telling me, okay, I want you to minister to people. I want you to pray for that person. I want you to go up to that person and tell them this. I want you to, to go and encourage somebody else. On the inside, I'm going, oh, man, what if I miss it? What if I miss it? What if, I, what, if, what if somebody thinks I'm crazy? What if, I, what if I call something out like, oh, the Holy Spirit's telling me that there's a person here and you've got a heart condition and a heart condition involves this artery on this side and blah, 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 and, and, and there's nobody here like that. But I have to overcome that. Amen. I have to overcome that. Why? Because it takes faith to step out into the things of God. But let me tell you something. Faith and pride do not mix. Because when you're full of pride, you're, you're too afraid to step out in faith because what if you miss it? What if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't come to pass? You listening to me? And that's what stops us sometimes with sharing Jesus with people. Well, what if they think I'm stupid? What if they think I'm crazy? What if they, hey, is that person not worth you feeling awkward so that they don't go to hell? Yes or no? So we need to be careful of that. We need to be careful. We need to be, well, you know, I have a reputation to, to, to upkeep. No, you don't. Because you're, you're, according to Paul, you died and your life was hidden with Christ in God. Amen. If you're that much alive, guess what? You better start pressing into God. You better start finding out who you are in Christ. Okay? Because you see, when you got born again, somebody had to die. You can't have two entities living in one body. Either the Holy Spirit's living in you or you're living in you. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Either the Holy Ghost is living in you and through you or you're living. If you're living, okay, let's just move along. I'll find something here you like. The irony of pride is that the higher we think of ourselves, the further we're bound to fall. And devastation is inevitable. But thank God that he's not done with us. And freedom from pride is possible. And we're going to see that even more as we go along. There's two things we're going to address about pride. Pride has two components with it. And we need to see that because we see this every place in our culture. And, and my God, if there's ever been a time in the history of mankind when we need to really learn about pride so that we can avoid it, it's now. I've never seen so much arrogance. I have never seen so much haughtiness. I've never seen so, so many people that are willing to be condescending with others and just, just so full of themselves. I don't know what it is. Is it me? Is it just me? Or are you saying it to I got to tell this story. My wife and I met very briefly two individuals just a few days ago. Can't go into a lot of details. It's two women, okay? And um, I could tell this right, Barb? Yeah, not in details. So we're walking into a building and we see these two individuals who've never met them before. And and, uh, this one lady, um, probably about our age, right? Let's say. Uh, one lady said, hi, I'm so-and-so, and and this is so-and-so, and and we're lawyers. I'm like, am I supposed to be impressed? What the, and we both looked at each other, it was such an awkward thing, like, 
Am I supposed to? I, we got in the elevator, and I said to her, we should have turned around and said, hi, I'm Joe, this is Barbara, we're garbage men. I'm like, it took me 20 minutes to go. I'm like, what the heck was that all about? Hi, I'm so-and-so, she's so-and-so, and we're lawyers. Oh, excuse me. You got to feel sorry for people. That deprived of identity, that deprived of, my God. And I'm thinking to myself, and you're going to rep- represent somebody in court? So, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 4. Haughty eyes and a proud heart. Haughty eyes and a proud heart. You see, the haughty eyes are based on the proud heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? speaks that's what we encountered the other day we got to pray for those people that's what we encountered the other day out of the abundance of self-worth out of the abundance of exaggerated self uh, esteem the mouth spoke hi I'm so and so and she's so and so and we're lawyers you hearing it yes. see the haughty eyes can't exist unless the proud heart is there Okay, now, there's some people that are really good. Of course, nobody in here. They know not to give away the proud heart. So there's a false sense of humility. But sooner or later, if it's not dealt with, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Okay, now... I hope you're not taking this as a condemning thing right there. Look, we're doing exploratory surgery here tonight. We need to find out what's going on in us that causes us to do stupid things like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and and she's so-and-so, and we're lawyers. Okay. I had a gentleman walk into one of my businesses. When we first started the church, we still had to run one of our businesses. And the church was getting started, and people were hearing about it. And so this gentleman walked, in, walked into our, our store. We used to have a, a deli and restaurants and stuff like that. And so this person walked up to, and he, are you the pastor of that church that just started? Yeah. Uh, Hi, I'm a prophet. Here's my card. And I said, no, you're not. I said, no, you're not, because if you were, you wouldn't have to tell me. What is that? The result of a What? Proud heart. Haughty eyes and a proud heart. The unplowed field of the wicked produce sin. Unplowed. When, when our soul is allowed to just remain as it is, undisturbed, the only thing you can produce is sin. We need to plow it up We need to allow the Holy Spirit to open us up. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to shine the light in our souls, okay, so that we can eliminate the pride when it sneaks. And it's going to sneak up. It's going to sneak up. You listening? All right, I got to move. I got to move quick here. The Bible uses the word haughty when it talks of arrogance. Arrogance means an insulting way of thinking or behaving that comes from believing that you're better, smarter, or more important than other people. And if you really think about it, Everything you do that hurts other people, that causes you to sin against other people, 
or just in general, can most likely be traced back to this word, haughty. Haughty. Had another gentleman come up to me maybe about four months after the church started. And I knew this person. Thank God I knew this person. Thank God I wasn't like somebody who just came off the street and came to New Jersey and started a church. By the time we started this church, I was a Christian already for 12, 13 years. I was in church locally. I knew everybody in the area who was anybody in the church. And I don't say, please don't take that in a haughty sense. What I'm saying is anybody that came from another church, I already knew about them. So this particular person who I figured eventually was going to show up at our church comes up one day and comes up to me after Sunday service and puts his arm around me and says, I'm going to help you build this church. What is that? Could you put that thing back again? What, what is that? A haughty, haughty what? eyes and a proud heart. And I shook his arm off and said, the Holy Ghost is doing a good job. Okay. You see what I'm saying? It's not just in the world. In fact, I think pride and haughtiness and arrogance stinks worse when it's in church. You listening? Because don't just sit there and go, well, thank God it's not me because, you know, I'm so humble. I'm proud of it. You see, the, the person with the, haughty, uh, with, the, with the haughty eyes and a proud heart, they think that they deserve something that somebody else has. They think they're better than someone. So when you think you're better than someone, then you make your life's mission to tear the other person down in front of others. I had the Lord say to me one day, driving here, we used to live in Beachwood at that time, and I was driving here, coming up, I went through downtown Tom's River, driving up Pooper Avenue, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I heard this. You know, you're not the center of the universe. And I wanted to say, what the heck brought that on? I'm just driving the car. I didn't say a word. <laughs> Sometimes we think we're the center of the universe. Sometimes we think we deserve this, and we deserve that, and we deserve the other. And the, really, the God's honest truth about it is we deserve nothing more than go to hell. <laughs> Everything after that's gravy. So, pride has kept many people from accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. I love when you, when you talk to people, they go, oh, yeah, no, Pastor, you don't understand. I've never been a drug addict. I never killed anybody. I never robbed anyone. You know, insinuating you must have done one of those things. Otherwise, you wouldn't be the pastor, you know? And, and so what is that saying? Well, I'm better than you. You're a degenerate. You had to get born again. You had to go to one of these churches. You needed this crutch. You see what I'm saying? People, unfortunately, there are people that are going to find themselves in hell. Not because they were criminals, but because they wouldn't put their pride aside and bow their knee and admit that they were a sinner just like everybody else on this earth. And if you have people like that in your families, in your lives, coworkers, friends, neighbors, pray for them. Pray that their eyes would be open. Pray that they would see themselves exactly the way the Bible says. For the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are not to boast about ourselves. If we want to boast and we're to proclaim the glories of God, what we say about ourselves means nothing in God's eyes. It's what God says about us that makes a difference. Amen. Amen. Why is pride so sinful? Pride is giving ourselves a credit for something God has accomplished. Yeah, Pastor, I'm doing good, man. I really got my act together. I'm doing well. I'm not being mocking. I'm just 
We say things like this sometimes thinking that, but, but listen to what we're saying. Yeah, I'm doing good, Pastor. I got my act together now. Oh, you got your act together. It wasn't the grace of God. It wasn't the blood of Jesus. It wasn't the fact that you prayed. It wasn't the fact that you allowed the Holy Spirit to move in your life. We need to, we need to remind ourselves of things. Why? Because pride is subtle. And it's those subtle little things that we begin to say with our mouth. You know, you got saved, you got born again by the power of the words that came out of your mouth. Yes or no? Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, be my Lord, be my savior. You got born again with the power of your words. Guess what? When we're not watchful of the subtle little things that we say, the thing is your ears are hearing your mouth say, I did this, I did that. I know of a king in the Old Testament that experienced a really bad time in his life because he walked around the walls of his city and look at this great city, Babylon, which I have built. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pride is taking the glory that belongs to God alone and keeping it for ourselves. Pride is essentially self-worship. Have you ever met someone at a party, at, even in church or someplace, in a restaurant? Me, 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 me. Enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> what is that? It's self-worship. Self-worship. Self-importance. Attracting attention to ourselves when we should be giving the glory to God. Amen? Amen? What we accomplish in this world would not have ever been possible if it were not for God enabling us and sustaining us. And that's why we're to give God the glory because he alone deserves it. That's why worship is so important. So important. How, so how do we combat this pride? Let's talk about three ways that we can move past pride. Is anybody getting anything tonight? Yeah. Is this helpful? Yeah. You think it's necessary? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that person over there really needs this. Number one, talking about how do we move past pride. Number one, admit it. Admit it. Admit it. Admit it. it turn to somebody and say, admit it. We know it anyway. Turn to somebody on the other side, tell them, say, admit it. We know it already. Beating pride can be tough if we're not willing to take some tough steps. It's tough because the first part is admitting that your life has been built, oh, this is a tough one. Ah, ah, this is a tough one. Because it's gonna require admitting that your life, your image, what you're projecting is built off or upon a lie that you're not broken. And listen, I like to talk about victory. I like to talk about being on top. I like to talk about I'm above only and not beneath. You know what I'm talking about? I like to talk victory. I like to speak victory. But you know, you can't have a victory without a battle. And sometimes when we're broken on the inside, when we're really, really broken on the inside. And man, I don't know if you've ever been through, anybody been through seasons of brokenness? <laughs> Grief and pain and just, just gut-wrenching. Uh, we need to admit it. We need to admit that there's area in our lives where, where we are broken in order to have God come in. And, and, and then you can you get, get the victory and then confess the victory. But you gotta start someplace. When you gotta admit that you catch yourself treating other people less than you would want them to treat you. We have to realize in a minute that all people are of equal value in God's eyes. 
I said, so we would have to realize and admit that all people are equal, of equal value in God's eyes. Not, maybe not in your eyes, but in God's eyes they are. So you better, we, we had better, we, we, say we. we. I'm not going to say you, I'm going to say we. We had better realize that we better line our eyes up the way God sees and put down the way our human nature would want to see someone. No use hiding it. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. Oh my gosh, that's good. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. Why? Because it eats you up from the inside. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds what? Mercy. Mer- say, say it like you really need it. Mercy. mercy. No, it's more like this. <laughs> mercy, God. <laughs> mercy. Have mercy on me, God. Pride has a tendency to get in the way of our view that we don't need any help. It gets in the way. It gets in the way. I don't need any help. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, brother? How you doing? Oh, pastor, I'm good. Things, are, things between me and God are good. Things between you and God are good. Your life is falling apart. Everybody knows it. That's a person that like, like, likes to live in the river. What river am I talking about? Denial. Denial. I thought it wouldn't have went over bigger than that. <laughs> There's people that walk around thinking, I don't need to be fixed. I'm fine. It's everybody else that has a problem. So number two. Again, what are we talking about? How do we get past pride? I got to move quick. You guys got to listen quicker. Allow the right people to influence you. Allow the right people to influence you. And this, this amazes me because I've been born again 37 years and I cannot remember a time in these 37 years that I have seen a season of life with so many Christians that have no discernment whatsoever. They'll let anybody speak into their lives. People with no character. People just, just, just I don't even want to go into dis- descriptions. I have never in my life seen a time with so many Christians that walk around like, like birds. <laughs> let any stupid worm get dropped in them. You better, be, you better be very much aware of who you allow to speak into your life. You be better, better be very much aware of who you align yourself with. Amen. What does it say here? Walk with the wise, Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wiser. Associate with fools and get into trouble. So many people associating with fools. Well, that sounds harsh. No, 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 you don't hate the fool, but you separate yourself from them. Why? Because foolishness is contagious. That's an epidemic you want to really be afraid of. Because that's catchy. Amen? Walk with the wise and become wise. One translation says becomes wiser. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Listen to me, okay? There is a principle in Genesis chapter 8 that is still in operation. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. If you're going to hang around with divisive people, if you're going to hang around with troublemakers, if you're going to hang around with people with no character, if you're going to hang with people, well, well, shouldn't I pray? Yeah, pray for them from 25 miles away. Pray for them. Pray for them. Because when those seeds get deposited in you, sooner or later, it's it's going to come up. It's going to start producing fruit. And in this case, we're not talking about fruit that's good. Okay? Be wise. Be wise. 
Paul did not let anybody just speak into his life. In fact, he even guarded, he even talked about guarding about who you lay lay hands on so you don't partake of stuff from them. Okay? Be wise. Be wise. Well, shouldn't I love her? I didn't say not to love them. But if you love them, you don't endorse them. If you love them, you don't hang around with them. If you love them, you separate yourself and pray for them. You got it? You, you find people in your life that you can submit yourself to. A trusted friend, trusted friend, trusted friend. Not somebody you met 20 minutes ago. Not somebody, oh, we're friends on Facebook. You don't even know if that person's real. <laughs> oh, I can confide in them. You know, we've been like going back and forth all day. You could be talking to somebody in uh, Ethiopia someplace. Find somebody who's trusted. A trusted pastor, a trusted mentor, somebody who's got more life experience than you. And then allow people, allowing people to talk into your life. And then talk to them about what's bothering you, what you're thinking about, what's going, what's going on. That's going to require you to move past pride. You're going to have to say no to pride. And listen to me, I don't care who you are, I don't care how old you are, I don't care if you've been saved 100 years, pride is going to try to very subtly make its way into your soul. You listening to me? Listen, as the founder and the lead pastor of this ministry, I have got to constantly remind myself that God could have chosen anybody to stand in the position that I stand in right now. Listen to me. Success is more dangerous than failure. Because failure, when you struggle, when you're having a hard time, you stay in God's face. If you're smart anyway, you stay in God's face. It's when we have success that you start walking around thinking, I got this. I got this. Yeah. I did this. I built this. You listening to me? That's dangerous. I've got to constantly remind myself. You know, uh, they tell us back in ancient times, especially I believe it was in the Roman Empire, Whenever a general came to Rome that had conquered and was victorious in a war, and they put him on this chariot and prayed him through the city, they had a guy standing behind him say, whispering in his ear, remember that you're nothing but dust. Remember that you're nothing but dust. What were they doing? Let's balance things out here, buddy. Yeah, you're a big shot. Everybody, they're blowing trumpets. They're throwing flowers, the whole bit. Everybody's screaming your name. But you better remember that you are only dust. We need to constantly remind ourselves of these things. Amen? Number three, actively pursue humility. We can't just hope that it's going to go away. We can't just hope that we're just going to go away, go, 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 pride. No. And, and there's such... The, the, the dangerous thing about this is the subtlety, how sneaky it is. You've got to pursue Humility. True humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. True humility is you understand what God's done in your life. You understand that the things that you're walking in are his gift. It's his grace. If it wasn't for him, if he pulled the plug on us, we wouldn't wouldn't even be able to breathe. And so once you got that settled, that you know who you are in Christ, that you're not the weak old worm in the dust anymore, you're not the, the, the sinner anymore. In fact, the Bible calls us saints once we're born again. So, so understand that and, 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 and get a real good balanced grasp about it, but then realize, man, if it wasn't for the Lord, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's flip it around. I can't do anything without Christ if he doesn't strengthen me. Pursue humility. Look for ways to humble yourself. Look for ways, because if you don't humble yourself, the devil may have to come and knock you down. You hearing me? Pursue humility. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. We've got to wrap this up quick here. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Look at verse 19. Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Better to be, to better, better to be lowly in spirit than the oppressed. We used to go to, we, and I say used to because the past couple of years, there wasn't many of these going on. We would go to uh, ministers' conferences. We would go to, especially back at the Bible school that we graduated from. And they would come up to us and go, we got seats saved for you in the front. We brought 12 people with us from our church. Yeah, but you're your pastor. No. We're sitting over here with our staff. We're sitting back here. You see what I'm saying? But we got, you know, we got seats saved up here. That's wonderful. Enjoy them. But I'm sitting back here with my staff. Why? I'm having too much fun watching them getting blessed. Why would I, gonna, why would I separate myself and sit with everybody else up there? Because they got all their own problems from their churches. I want to sit back here where, where, where my people are. You hear what I'm saying? Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed. Now, I'm not saying my staff was oppressed. <laughs> than to share plunder with the proud. And neither my suggestion that every pastor that sat in the front seats was being prideful. I, I've trained myself. First of all, I don't like, this is a miracle of God that I'm doing this. You don't understand how much a miracle of God is. You don't understand how much faith I had to step into or apply or release in order to get the grace of God to do this, Okay? I don't like spotlight. I don't like to be the one. If, uh, if I'm asked someplace, would you like to? No, I'm here to get ministered to. I don't have to. Well, uh, come on, come on. No, no. No, I want to sit here and get blessed. I don't need the people in this room to know who I am. He knows who I am. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? Now, now, please, don't take, because what I'm saying right now could be something. Well, you're bragging on yourself, obviously. No, I'm just sharing with you some of the things that I've had to learn practically throughout the years. Are you getting this? Yes. Don't always look for, you know, the fanfare. Don't always look for anything like that. Be happy to be sitting with the oppressed, the lowly, the average person. We don't have to be big shots. Pursuing humility will require us to be open and transparent in our relationships. Asking for help, admitting to a struggle are actually signs of strength, yet the world would make us think that it's weakness. It's not. When we need help, we're supposed to tell somebody, I need help. You listening? When we're struggling, we're supposed to tell somebody, I'm struggling. So that they can, you can enlist their help. 
You keep hiding these things and it keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. Matthew chapter five, verse three, and we're wrapping this up. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said those who are poor in spirit, poor in spirit are those who recognize their spiritual poverty, casting aside self-dependence and seeking God's grace. Jesus went on to say in Luke chapter 14, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exhausted. Remember this church? Stand up everybody, we're gonna dismiss soon. The way up is the way down. Say that with me. The way up is the way down. Pursue humility. He'll lift us up. Amen? I'm going to pray a prayer. I hope that you'll receive this prayer. I hope that you'll position yourself to allow the Holy Spirit for each and every one of us to show us where the areas are in our lives that we have allowed pride haughtiness, arrogance, thinking better, thinking that we're better than other people, thinking that we deserve more than other people have. I pray that the Holy Spirit, Father, in the name of Jesus, we present ourselves to you tonight, Father. Holy Spirit, shine the light in our hearts, in our souls. Show us the areas. Remind us of the things that we've said to people. Remind us of the attitudes we've had with people. Remind us of the times that we've mocked people. Remind us of the times, Father, that we took advantage of someone's flaws in order to prop ourselves up, Lord. Father, keep us from this thing that has flooded the world around us, Lord. Keep us from all of this, Lord God. Cause us to be aware so that we could repent, we could renounce it, we could remove ourselves far from it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, church, thank you so much. Thank you for being so patient tonight. Thank you for being so receptive tonight. If there's anybody here that needs prayer for anything, please come up here. We'll pray for you. If there's anybody here tonight that has never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please don't let your pride send you to hell. Please come. We'll pray with you. We'll lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the grace of God will come and shower your life with salvation. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you.